Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to Women Romance, where this time around we get to talk about all the romance books. Woohoo! Woo! I am Jess. And I am Trisha. And we are recording on Thursday, November 9th, 2023. It is our annual recommendations episode. Yeah. Um. Part one of. <laughs> Of TBD. Part one of, what do they do on Twitter? Like, part one of question mark? Part one of question mark. Yes. Uh, I was telling, just we were talking about it before we started recording. There's always that moment of, like, concern we have where we're like, what if what if nobody needs any romance requests, you know, recommendations? What, what if everyone just has all of the exact romances that they need? And then we get, mm-hmm. like, 15 requests. So um, thank you for, thank you all for making us feel like we are still, we still have a place in this world. Yes, yes, we do appreciate it. Yes, and we, so because we do have so many, we will not get to everything today. Uh, We did have one that was flagged as um, time sensitive, so we are going to make sure to cover that one. If you submitted a request that is time sensitive and we don't get to it or we don't know, just send us an email and we will send you um, the titles we've been thinking about. One of the reasons that we bumped some of these requests to the next episode or the episode after that, depending on how long it takes us to get through them, mm-hmm. is that we didn't know. Uh, we, we wanted to do a little bit more research and a little bit more reading. And so um, we can let you know sort of what we're thinking if, if you send us an email. But like I said, if, if your request is time sensitive and you don't hear it addressed on today's podcast, then just stick with us. We'll get there. Yes. Yes, we will. Um, historically, we might have gotten some that... We really couldn't find anything for, but we've been very upfront with that. We would never just like not do your request. Um, so if you've sent us something, we are working on hopefully finding something good for you to read or to give to a friend or family member. Um, and we've got we've got some really caring and thoughtful family members out here looking for looking for things for people and friends and themselves honestly (laughs) yeah which is great yes okay before we jump into all that let's sneak in a very quick what are you reading jessica pride what are you reading well i just started like i am maybe like three chapters in to the duke gets desperate by diana quincy which i might have talked about before regarding like anticipated reads i can't remember um and it is the first in a new series by diana quincy who i have talked about before um with her previous regency series this is victorian um and diana quincy as you might or might not know is a palestinian american author and this character um has been referred to as both um arab american and palestinian and um she the main character inherits a castle from a distant cousin um and the duke who gets desperate has twice lost this castle first from his father who left it to his stepmother in his will and then from his stepmother who left it to this cousin in her will and now he just wants it back and the two people already have scathing scathing dislike for each other but also skate scorching chemistry like mm-hmm. so we'll, we'll see what happens there and that's the duke gets desperate by diana quincy it's kind of shocking how often scathing dislike and scorching chemistry go together in romance it happens it happens more often than than you'd think yeah <laughs> And I will be very honest, pretty much all the reading that I have been doing lately has been for this podcast's 
of recommendations. Um, and so I've been rereading and reading some books um, to make sure that I'm, you know, caught up with Jess, who is a super reader. And so I'm always <laughs> a little behind, but I'm doing my best. Um, but I do want to shout out a quick thing that actually, of course, Jess turned me on to, which is Jackie Lau, who we love on the show and have talked about many times, has a Kickstarter going um, for two novellas as part of the new Choose Restaurant romantic comedy series. Uh, we love Jackie Lau's romantic comedies. They're very, like, low drama even the Kickstarter describes them as light, low-angst novellas with some heat, perfect cozy reads. Uh, I am very excited about this. We will link to it in the show notes so you can take a look and see if it is the right fit for you. It probably is. Um, <laughs> but make sure that you take a look when you listen to this episode because as of now, in, when we're recording, there's 11 days to go. Probably when you're listening to this, if you listen to it the day it comes out, it's about a week. Um, so make sure you get on it. Support the Kickstarter. We're really excited about it. Yeah, and there's there's some fun stuff that you can get uh, for supporting, and it, it's a nice range of. I just want the ebooks to. I'm getting all the stuff. Yeah, I yeah I think the lowest buy-in level is like under ten dollars, maybe. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say that for sure, but it, it's definitely it's it's reasonable in terms of what we pay people for their their work and their art. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's exciting news. The other exciting news we're going to sneak in before we take a break is uh, Book Club is back. Um, we got a lot of really great recommendations from people. So thank you, thank you, thank you, everyone who sent them in. We actually got a bunch from Morgan that I think we're going to want to revisit um, mm-hmm. for future book clubs. So thank you, Morgan. Um, but we settled on The Princess and the Grilled Cheese Sandwich by Dea Muniz. Uh, and I apologize if I'm mispronouncing their name. If you know how to pronounce their name and want to let me know, that would be great. I actually did try to find um, how to do it and could not. So anyway, this uh, is a recommendation from Emily, who is a huge friend of the podcast. We always love to hear from her. Mm-hmm. Um, it is YA. It's a graphic YA novel. And we kind of did that on purpose because I think that there's just sort of we don't talk a lot about romance and YA and sort of what that Venn diagram of the two genres looks like. And I think mm-hmm. it will, in addition to kind of venturing into that graphic novel territory, it'll give us a chance to jump into a little bit of what makes YA romance the way that it is versus adult romance. Um, I don't know. I'm excited about this one, Jess. I don't know about you. I am. I am. I I think I actually have that one on my shelf somewhere. So I'm doubly excited to be able to pull something off of the TBR and actually get it read. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, and we did talk about it before. <laughs> actually, this is not the first time we have tried to record this podcast. So <laughs> one of our previous attempts, we talked about timing. And we decided that since um, our December episode is only about four weeks away, we are going to bump this one to January and give people a little bit more time and maybe a little more opportunity to receive this book as a gift during any of the potential holiday seasons, birthday seasons, whatever you might have going on in the next six weeks. Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah. The Princess and the Grilled Cheese Sandwich. Get excited. We are. We are. And with that, we're going to take a break. Yes. And first, let's talk about something very exciting that's happening. We're bringing paperbacks That's right. Whether you hate carrying around bulky hardcovers, whether you're on a budget, or you want a wider range of recommendations, or all of the above, you can now get a paperback subscription from TBR, Tailored Book Recommendations, which you have heard about a few times here. Um, You can get it curated just for you by one of our bibliologists. And you can also gift that subscription because the holidays, they are coming. You can get all of the details at mytbr.co. That's mytbr.co. This episode is sponsored by The One That Got Away With Murder by Trish Lundy. Robbie and Trevor Cressmont have enough wealth to ensure they'll never be found guilty of any wrongdoing, even if everyone believes they're behind the deaths of their ex-girlfriends. Let us all take a collective angry sigh at that. Lauren O'Brien, the new girl at school, has a dark past of her own, and she's desperate for a fresh start. 
except when she starts a relationship with Robbie, her chance is put in jeopardy. During what's meant to be their last weekend together, Lauren stumbles across evidence that might just implicate Robbie. And after a third death rocks the town, she must decide whether to end things with Robbie or risk becoming another cautionary tale. This is an edge-of-your-seat YA thriller that's perfect for fans of Karen McManus and Holly Jackson. Make sure you pick that up now wherever books are sold. And thank you once again to The One That Got Away With Murder by Trish Lundy for sponsoring today's show. Today's episode is brought to you by Flatiron Books, publisher of 888 Love and the Divine Burden of Numbers by Abraham Chang. So this is an interesting love story. It's great for fans of Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow and High Fidelity. It's set in the mid-90s at NYU. And it follows young Wang, who has gotten the advice of love through Chinese numerology from his uncle. So he believes that he will have seven great loves in his life. And then he meets Irena in 95. And she's like the best. She's brilliant, charismatic, quick-witted, funny. They fall in love. But the thing is, she's number six. So if he is to have seven great loves, does that mean his time with Elena is going to come to an end? So this is a love letter to Western pop culture, Eastern traditions, and being a first-generation New Yorker. Make sure to check it out. And thanks again to Flatiron Books, publisher of 888 Love and the Divine Burden of Numbers by Abraham Chang for sponsoring this episode. All right. Now we're back back for real <laughs> and it is time to get into our reading recommendations Jess, i'm gonna let you read the first one because i am not exactly sure how to offer if at all the identity of this reader so <laughs> the first the first recommendation request we got was from they read romance um and i included what they have as their name Duxter the Goose, um, but the, I believe that they read romance is okay. Um, and so but you can they, see where I was a little uncertain, right? Abs- you can see absolutely. where I was I sure. <laughs> Very I much. love both names. I just <laughs> didn't want to mess it up. Totally feel that. Um, so they say, I'm looking for more paranormal and urban fantasy written by BIPOC authors featuring BIPOC characters. Very short, very succinct, and to the point. And even though I've read multiple of the books that you thought of for this category, Jess, you thought of more than I did. And so I am going to let you go first and knock at least one or two of yours out before I jump in with a recommendation too. Okay. The first one that I I thought to put down, partly because I had just picked it up, um, was The Grim Reaper's Lawyer by Mia Monique. And it's one that I've seen around, but we finally got it in at the library. So I saw it and was like, I need to read that. And <laughs> it's got a great premise, right? So there's a lawyer. She is living in, in the living world. And she... Uh, content warning for death and destruction she gets murdered by her uh, um client so she ends up going to visit the grim reaper who is like guess what you're going to the bad place unless oh no unless you defend me in this new reaper's court uh, at which point I will help you to go to the good place. And <laughs> so she I, has Can to... I just tell you, I got the like people's court theme song, which I haven't heard since I was probably 11 <laughs> years old and sick, where it's like, dun, 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 dun. When as soon as you said like the Grim Reaper's court, it that's what popped into my head. So if that happened to anybody else, just know we're in this together. Oh, man. That that's so perfect because it kind of feels like that uh, when you're reading, <laughs> and it's just like the writing is fun and the character is like one that you just like can't help loving, um, and it's just I think it, the voice is authentic, which I think someone looking for 
paranormal and urban fantasy written by BIPOC authors with BIPOC characters might be looking for. That sounds lovely. And again, I next time we talk about this book, want you to like set it up as if it's a people's court case <laughs> uh, where they have like the voiceover where they're like, this person stole $5,000 from this other person. <laughs> but the other person says they were supposed to steal. I don't, you know, I don't know how it goes exactly. Like I said, it's been like 30 years, but it's been a while. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, this is, yeah, let's have our people's court when in romance crossover episode that everyone's been asking for. Oh my gosh. Let me give you one as well before just as one or two more. Um, the one I'm going to offer you is uh, Human Enough by ESU. Um, when Noah Lau joined the Vampires Hunters Association, so I don't know why I'm reading from the Goodreads thing. I did, that's why I remember <laughs> the name and title. Gosh, as you think I'm new. Um, this is a book that I actually just recently reread. I think I had started it and not finished it, but it is like a very, for being a book that is about a two people who come together because one of them is kidnapped by the other's vampire lover uh, who happens to also <laughs> kill the main character's, like, entire vampire hunting team. Uh, it's actually really lovely and gentle. So there is some violence, obviously. Noah is a vampire hunter, and Jordan is someone who has been a vampire, who has basically been held captive for decades by um, a an abusive partner. And... So the abusive partner takes Noah captive when he's trying to hunt um, the, you know, main bad guy vampire. And Jordan helps him get free. The book jumps back and forth in time between when the two of them met and then um, current day where Noah and his team are fighting a conspiracy or fighting. Noah and a few folks realize that there's conspiracy there trying to deal with it. Um, it's it's one of those books where the plot is interesting and important. But really the development of the relationship between these two just really vulnerable people is, mm. I think, really lovely. Um, Noah has autism and is, you know, very, very comfortable with that diagnosis, but also understands kind of the, the challenges that it brings into his life and what that means. Um, Jordan is sort of trying to understand his sexuality and that he knows that he is attracted to men but he's sitting somewhere on the ace sort of gray spectrum in terms of um just being you know slightly like having sort of that queer identity so they're both kind of just figuring out who they are and how they can fit together and like i said it's it's a quick read but it's the depth of kind of the development of those two characters is really lovely so again that is human enough by esu yeah, I, I loved that book. Another one which I totally didn't think about when I was pulling these together, but this one is also um, legal system related. Uh, sorry if you are not interested <laughs> in that right now, but don't I swear. Don't These, these books I'll are stop. good enough to get you around that. Um, and the second one <laughs> that is legal related is Big Bad Wolf by Suleika Snyder. Um, Suleika put her foot in this book, y'all. It is, it's so good. I mm -hmm. even, like, I had to stop for a while because they're, like, after we get the setup, you sort of go into what the world looks like. And it is obvious that it is a parallel of our own world just with supernatural creatures in it and it is looking at what could have happened to our world um after certain events of the past several years um and so you have neha who is who is a lawyer but she also has a phd in behavioral studies so she is asked to sit in on the her partner's um what do you call it interviews with a criminal who is very much like yeah i did it and very unapologetic 
And if you know anything about Selega Steiner, you know that this book, this, this character was formed in the image of Frank Castle, the Punisher. So, <laughs> um, very specifically, the Punisher as was formed on the Netflix Marvel shows. Um, so just think about that and this very straight-laced but no-nonsense kind of um, behavioral psychologist who is also a lawyer. But think about after all of this happens, they have to be on the run from some bad people. And also he, his, uh, he has a supernatural other side and said other side is kind of ready to claim her as his mate. So sure. there's a lot going on there. But it is real good and actually not too long of a book to read. Um, so I will just say it's good, it's hot, and it's fun. Like, it's weird to say it's fun, but like the characters are written in a very compelling and fun way, even though everything awful is happen happening around them. So check out Big Bad Wolf by Seleka Snyder. That is a great wreck. Do you want to sneak one more in, Jess, or you want to move on? I will. I will throw one more out because um, it's a book that so many people should either read or listen to when they get the chance. And I won't go into super long detail about it, but it's "What the Hex" by Alexis Daria. I think we've talked about that that book on the podcast before. Yeah. Um. It's very short. It started out as an audible original and then came out in print and ebook and there is a witch who has to go back home and everyone is and her her uh, future brother-in-law is possessed and they they have to figure out what to deal with that and there's a great scene in a closet that's probably all you need to know so what the heck by alexis <laughs> Yeah, and I think I talked about that one a couple of months ago. So um, hopefully it is still on people's brains. Mm -hmm. uh, all right. I will read this next request from Natasha V. My request this year is because I was recently introduced to dark fantasy romance. I read Liv Xander's Pale Court books one and two and then just devoured her Court of Ravens books one and two. I was surprised how into these books I was because I do not enjoy scary, gory movies at all. Same, Natasha. Uh, mm -hmm. But the macabre element in these books um, from Lysander that I felt were important to the romance and character development in ways that worked for me and my brain, again, same. <laughs> I share your company. We are in this together. But I really don't know where to go from here as Liv Xander is my first and only author in this genre so far. Well, Natasha, you came to the right place. <laughs> Jess, why don't you kick us off again? Because this is another one where you've got um, a couple more than I do. Okay, well... The first person that I want to offer is a blanket recommendation for the works of Grace Draven. Um, and she has several books, a couple. She, I was brought into her world via Beauty and the Beast retelling fantasy, and she has a couple of those. Um, but if you would rather not read Beauty and the Beast retellings, um, I'm sorry, but you have to. Um, <laughs> and... So her books are very um, kind of gothic darkness, um, really like atmospheric and that kind of thing that I think you might enjoy if um, the macabre element of dark fantasy is what really draws, draws you. And um, Entreat Me in particular, which is the first of hers that I read, has a very kind of um darkness to it that that really draws you in and sucks you in and makes you a little icky but also really intrigued um so i would definitely check out almost anything by grace draven um anything really not the, not almost because i don't know what would be what would make it almost <laughs> mm-hmm 
Fair. I will jump in with The Blacksmith Queen by G.A. Aiken, uh, who we have talked about on this show before. G.A. Aiken writes under this name and also under the name Shelley Lawrenston. We've talked a lot about her shifter books. Um, there's a, like, when you mentioned Scary Gory, this book popped immediately to my mind because there's, like, a five or six page prologue in which I want to say, like, at least 20 people get murdered. Um, but... <laughs> You know, like, it's fine. It's not, it's not, you know, huge. Like, they think the first line of the book is something like, before the king had breathed his last breath, one of his sons had killed the other or beheaded the other. It's something like that. Um, it's actually, it's mm. been a minute since I read this book. And I peeked back at it today. But um, it is a book where a king dies. All of the many brothers, and there's like a shocking number of brothers, are all like killing each other to become the next king. But the sort of muses or uh, foretellers or whatever you want to call them have foreseen that actually the next ruler should be a queen. And she is this woman who lives in this village and her sister is the blacksmith who is, I think the first time they describe this woman, they talk about how large she is and they consistently talk about her muscles and how she like swings a giant ax. So like, this is like a huge, powerful, strong woman who is one of the main characters of this book and um, falls for, there's a relationship between her and one of the people who is trying to claim her sister as the ruler to put her on the crown. It is, uh, I, it's romanticy before we started talking about romanticy using that stupid term. Um, <laughs> I will say if I'm remembering right, it is slightly less romance forward and more kind of like, world building fantasy forward um mm. so if you really really need like a book that is hardcore romance at the center of it maybe this one isn't for you but i would definitely recommend checking it out because i think nobody does scary gory slash funny quite like ga aiken slash shelly lawrenston so uh that's the blacksmith mm -hmm. queen by ga aiken I'm going to throw out a very brief recommendation for Bitterburn by Anna Geary. It is very similar to Grace Draymond's Entreat Me, but not so much that um, it'll feel like you're reading the same thing over and over again. Um, but it is very compelling, very quick to read, and is similarly a Beauty and the Beast retelling with a little bit more darkness than some of the ones that we've read. Um, so that is a quick recommendation for Bitterburn by Anna Geary. Um, but I really want to talk about Vampires of El Norte by Isabel Cañas. And this one I mentioned previously, I think, when I was still reading it. Um, but I don't think I've talked about it since I finished it. And people might say oh, that's in hardcover, it's not published by a, a, a publisher that we know writes books that have happily ever afters. Well, you are right, but this is very much a historical, dark fantasy romance. And it's not fantasy in that it um, is set in a world much like our own. So it's a historical romance, but it has a lot of um, both magic realism that we would see in a um, heritage that is more Latin American, um, but it also has um, the aforementioned vampires. So it, it, and it's not quite paranormal but it's not quite fantasy. So it's, let's call it urban fantasy because that's probably what it would be categorized as if it wasn't just categorized as historical romance um, or historical fiction, but it is very much of romance. The, the two central characters, their relationship is as much the story as the other events that surround them. Um, and it's it's very compelling on audio, which is how I read it. I don't know what your reading experience would be like if you decide to do print, but it's very well narrated and you can't stop because you need to know what happens. 
Um, so that's Vampires of El Norte by Isabel Cañas. Um, and I think that that might also scratch that dark fantasy itch, even though it's not set in a fantastical world. Yay. I will also just a quick mention that I'm pretty sure the Blacksmith Queen recommendation came from came to me like three or four years ago from Brandon, who loves the Be Loves the Love uh, Instagram account, when mm. we were actually addressing another question about this kind of thing, like romance fantasy and dark fantasy. And uh, Brandon was shocked that I hadn't read um, The Blacksmith Queen. So shout out to Brandon. Thanks, Brandon. Uh, Jess, do you want to read our next one? Sure. This one comes from Kate M. Um, I'd like to ask for one to two possibly difficult recommendations. I love a great ace character where they have to negotiate sex or intimacy in their relationship. I'm also looking for an asexual but romantic book involving BDSM where the intimacy is primarily non-sexual through BDSM because most of the asexual BDSM I found is aromantic. Um, and I like, I was like, oh, I've got it. And then they, I hit that and was like, oh, I don't got it because of course my ace recommendation that i'm always going to start with is syncopation by yeah uh Anna Anna Zabo. Zabo. but that is yeah. that is actually a romantic so that is not an actual was, recommendation but it is if you're looking for something else <laughs> yeah i was gonna say we can say it together because i know exactly what you're about <laughs> to say but you did come up with uh some books for this one i did the first book that I came up with that actually qualifies for non-sexual intimacy um, through BDSM is Their Troublesome Crush by Zan West, our beloved, greatly missed Corey. Um, and this yeah. book is um, an interesting one. I had never read anything like it before. And it, um, it involves two metamors and if you are unfamiliar with polyamory term metamors are two people who share a paramour um, a partner and they are planning um a party slash gift for their partner their shared partner when they realize they kind of like each other but because they are not interested in sexual intimacy they do pursue a relationship utilizing bdsm in an, a non-sexual intimate way so i think this is the one book that i could think of kate that really really applied to your request and i hope that you haven't read it um or that if you have you say yes that was it i'll go read it again um because i think <laughs> this is really the one um the that my brain goes to and um as trisha mentioned before if you know of anything as we're going through these recommendations that you're you're not like how have you not read this please send them our way we might have actually read them and just forgotten they exist yeah that's entirely possible uh yeah and that <laughs> that was the side of this question that i had a really hard time with also i uh, would love for anybody who has got an asexual BDSM um, read to send it our way because that was tricky for me. So I focused a little bit more on the first half of this question um, mm -hmm. about a great ace character where they have to negotiate sex or intimacy in their relationship. Um, and I've got, I will first of all, re-mention Human Enough, which I talked about before, because um, there is not just sort of the discovery of that identity in that book, but there is some discussion around how does each partner feel about it and how much sex do they want or need in a relationship to make it feel fulfilling? So uh, even if you weren't listening earlier on in the episode, maybe go back and check that one back out. Um, I also will mention a couple of others that we've talked about, I think at least once on the podcast before. So Perfect Rhythm by Jay is one where I don't know. It's a little tricky to know exactly how someone is defining gray ace versus just asexual. Um, I will say I think the characters in both of these books consider themselves asexual as opposed to gray ace. Um, but in both cases, they are trying to define a relationship. So in Perfect Rhythm by Jay, 
there is a pop star who is returning to her hometown, meets the nurse who is caring for her parent, and um, finds out that she really hits it off, the pop star does with this nurse, and um, but the nurse is asexual, and so one of the many things that they have to navigate in this relationship is what sexual intimacy looks like between a person who is allosexual and a person who is asexual. So that's Perfect Rhythm by Jay. And then um, the other one that I will mention is The Romantic Agenda by Claire Kahn. I do have to tell you, this is the best endorsement that I can give to any book. This is a third-person present tense romance, and I finished it. I read the whole book and thought it was great. So... It was, it took me a little time. Actually, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I actually never got used to the third person present tense version of it, but Claire Kahn is a great writer and the story was really fantastic. So I got over it. Um, but it features another character, Joy, who is asexual. Um, it, there's a sort of uh, fake relationship aspect to this book, but it turns into a real relationship as tends to happen. And once again, mm-hmm. although Joy is ace, she is, um, she does have a conversation with uh fox who is the person who ends up being her other main character about what is comfortable what is not comfortable as they are um pursuing physical intimacy they're continuing to have that conversation about what's okay what's not okay and so i think again i'm not sure that's exactly where you're looking for on the gray ace character spectrum kate but i I think it might be um that negotiation i think is is probably i thought it might be a fit for what you're looking for and one more oldie but amazingy, um, not just goodie yeah. but like so good, is mm-hmm. Fa by Elise Springer, um, who I think is not writing anymore because I haven't seen much since um, maybe 2019, 2020. But yeah, this is, it. yeah, this is part of her um, season Seasons of Love series. Um, and this one features, um, an asexual librarian and an allosexual supermodel, and they are just adorable together, but they do have very frank conversations about, um, Abby's asexuality and Gabrielle's, um, allosexuality and how that affects their relationship and how they intend to really move forward with that and it's not quite um negotiation of sex but they do have to have like i said frank conversations about how intimacy works in their relationship and how far they intend to go and and how far is too far and that kind of thing and just like the whole story itself is is lovely um and the whole series, I will admit that I have not read the first book in the series because it combines um, serious de- deception and amnesia, which are two of my like no-goes. But um, the rest of the series is also lovely. But this one is really what you, Kate, are probably looking for. And that's Thaw by Elise Springer. Um, okay, so Jess, I will confess I got so excited about all these books we're talking about that I forgot how this podcast works after five years. Uh, and just remember that we actually have to take another break before we do our last two questions. So we'll take a quick break and then get back into our last couple of recommendations. Today's episode is brought to you by Greenleaf Book Group. No summer vacation should be without a great read. And I don't know about you, but I am partial to mysteries and thrillers for my hot month reads. It's hot girl reading summer always over here. And from the award-winning librettist of Legally Blonde, the musical and the screenwriter of Freaky Friday, Heather Hawk, comes the page-turning psychological thriller, The Trouble with Drowning. So when author Eden Hart floats into Tucson's Antigone books and all her dazzling perfection to give a reading, Kat, a struggling writer, can't help but compare herself. Thankfully, Kat's life starts to take on its own Eden-like glow when her literary future takes shape and she falls madly in love with Jacob. As demons from her past begin to surface, Kat's mental health craters and this halcyon dream slips through her fingers. 
For the fastest paced slow burn you won't be able to put down, be sure to check out The Trouble with Drowning by Heather Hawk on Amazon or your retailer of choice. And thanks again to Greenleaf Book Group for sponsoring this episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Underlined. Haven't read a Natasha Preston thriller yet? We dare you to try. She's known for her line of chilling young adult suspense novels like The Cellar and The Fear. The New York Times and USA Today bestselling author excels at putting fear into the hearts of her readers. So her newest book titled The Dare is about five friends whose senior prank goes very, very wrong. This is the perfect graduation season read for thriller fans who can handle a good scare. The Dare is now available wherever books are sold. You can learn more about it at getunderlined.com. So again, this young adult thriller is about five friends with a prank that goes wrong. There are dark secrets, a twisty plot, and creepy I know what you did last summer vibes. So if you, you know, it's graduation season, you want to revel in that, but like make it scary. You know what I mean? Pick up The Dare by Natasha Preston. And thanks again to Underline for sponsoring this episode. All right. If it's okay with you, Jess, I will read this one from Lisa. Go for it. All right, Lisa, I am going to a few, quote, favorite things, holiday gift exchanges. Obviously, I need to include a book. Of course you do, Lisa. Good thinking. I would Mm -hmm. be a little astonished if you went any other direction. Uh, And I thought a holiday romance would be perfect. You are right. A holiday romance is perfect for pretty much any holiday and any event. Which holiday romance would you include that would have wide enough interest to gift to an unknown person? I don't know, Jess, you want to start on this one? The first thing that my brain came up with, and I have no idea why, was The Lights on Knockbridge Lane by Roan Parrish. Um, And I just think it is, it's such a lovely holiday book that doesn't throw it's holidayness in your face, but also has such a vibe of being a holiday book. Um, and it is. Can I be? Can I be like very honest with you? Yeah. This was probably like the third maddest I've ever been at you for fi- for getting to the agenda before I did. Uh, I'm sorry. So that you could claim this one. It's okay. It's okay. I'm over it now. <laughs> it took me a minute, but I'm okay now. Um, I'm but sorry. I, that is just to say, I very much second this particular opinion. <laughs> so if you're unfamiliar with the lights on Knockridge Lane, you've got um, a queer man who has moved to Knockridge Lane with um, his new daughter. Well, not new daughter, but um, newly, newly single daughter. No, that's not right either. He is a newly single father who has moved to Knockridge Lane with his daughter. There we go. Um, and he he didn't intend to solo parent, but here we are. And um, he has a reclusive neighbor that his daughter keeps bothering. <laughs> and it's just, it's just, it's- His newly single daughter, so- I guess, is that- is that what you're talking about? His newly single daughter. You're, <laughs> yes, absolutely. No. Um, his like nine-year-old daughter. His nine-year-old daughter. Um, it's it's just lovely. And there's this whole thing about lights and dreams and possibilities and all of this that just comes together into something that's really heartwarming and lovely. And the the book itself, like the cover and everything on it, is very holiday-y um, and very lovely. And was also the first book uh, from Harlequin to have two men on the cover. So that's a big deal. But I, I think there there might be people who never thought to read a romance between two cis men, but, you know, this will get them to do it. So I think this would go well in your holiday gift exchange. That sounds lovely. Uh, I will mention In a Holidays by Christina Lauren, partly because I think a lot of um, holiday romances can kind of run together and 
feel very similar in the way that a lot of like holiday films sometimes do. Um, Mm -hmm. But in a holidays is a little different because it's a time loop romance, which if you didn't know what that is, it's okay for a long time. I didn't know what people are talking about either. It's basically Mm -hmm. like one of those things where a thing starts and then you stop. It's like Groundhog Day, basically, Mm -hmm. right? Where you start and then like restart at the same time. Um, So May is this character who is going to this cabin where she and her family have spent every Christmas or whatever with like two other families and she thinks that she's in love with one person and it turns out maybe she's actually in love with another person and it's it's really lovely and I think would be a good I think would be a good gift for someone because you don't necessarily have to just love like Hallmarky Christmas movies you can just love like a good story that has sort of like a fun weird twist to it um mm-hmm. so that's in a holidays by Christina Lauren a couple of others that I will mention very quickly because we've talked about them on the show before, but I want to consider them as options. One is Lighting the Flames by Sarah Wendell, which we've talked about. There are now a few more Hanukkah romances out there than there were when we started this podcast. Um, but for a while, it was really, really hard to find them. And so Sarah Wendell, who is um, the founder of Smart Bitches Trashy Books and who is a, a dear friend of the podcast wanted to see a Hanukkah romance and so wrote one about two people who are trying to save um, their Jewish camp that they have um, uh, that they attended when they were kids. It's really, really lovely and really, really sweet. And so depending on what kind of holiday gift exchange you're going to, even if it's not a Hanukkah holiday gift exchange, I think people would really love that book. And then I do have to give a quick shout out to Mary Inkmas by Talia Hibbert, which is maybe my favorite holiday romance of all time. Uh, mm-hmm. I just love it so much and I am still waiting for a couple of the secondary characters to get their spinoff book so I think probably in 2024 I'm due to start bothering Talia Hibbert about that again so it's fine <laughs> but it's a yeah it's about a um, as you can probably guess a tattoo artist and a um, yeah woman who loses her job and comes to work for that person and uh, it's just really lovely both Lighting the Flames and Mary Inkmas are like relatively short you could read them while Everyone else in your family is watching a boring Christmas movie that you don't want to read. So, or you don't want to watch. So those are, those are my three. Do you want to throw out one more, Jess? Sure. One that, um, I will be honest, I have not yet finished it, but I am enjoying myself greatly, um, is a brand new holiday romance, um, double romance actually called Three Holidays and a Wedding. And it was co-written by Uzma Jalaluddin and Marissa Stapley. And so if you want to feel nostalgic, this is definitely going to be a book because it's set in the year 2000. The year 2000. Um, (laughs) Also a great throwback. Yes. It's set in that year because the stars aligned literally and Christmas, Hanukkah, and Aid were all around ah. the same time. Um, and so it starts with um, two different women who um, are strangers, but meet on their, their flight to Toronto from Denver. Um, and they, they are not the people who are going to be in romantic relationships with each other. Sorry. Um, but <laughs> they meet and tell each other all of their secrets when they think they think the plane is going to crash. Think, can you keep a secret, but making friends. Oh, um, yeah. And instead of it crashing, there's an emergency landing and they're stuck with um, their thoughts and their friendships Um, but they have to sort of decide what they're going to do with their futures, both of which, um, one of them is in a relationship that has reached the point where she's about to meet her boyfriend's family. And one of them isn't in a relationship, but has had a monster crush on this guy who ended up being on that plane. Um, so they just, they have to sort of figure out their own lives while also dealing with the wildness that is family holidays 
um, times three. And as the title mentions, a wedding that is supposed to be happening on Christmas. Um, so there's just, there's a lot going on, but it's still a really fun book. And I think as a gift, it would definitely, it would especially work because it features people of different faiths. Um, it yeah. features, it's not like sexy. It's a very, um, um, cozy kind of romance and it has all of the things that you want in a holiday story times two. So that is Three Holidays and a Wedding by Uzma Jalaluddin and Marissa Stapley. I am so thankful to you for mentioning this book because it was completely nowhere on my radar. So I'm really excited. As I mentioned, I think on our last podcast episode, I actually love a holiday romance. And so I'm really excited to get into this one. Yay. All right. We got one more. I will read this one and then you can tell us what you think. Uh, Kim sent us another note. It's me, Kim, back again, looking for new queer Christmassy rom-com books. Kim is looking for a recommendation ASAP as they might turn into a Christmas podcast episode book. All parameters are good parameters as long as it's new, Christmassy, queer, and available in the UK. And uh, special thanks to Jess who helped me figure out whether or not a book is available in the UK because I did not know how to do that. So thank you, Jess. Of course, um, anytime. All right. What do you got on this one, Jess? All right. The first one I want to throw out is um, not yet out, actually. Um, it comes out in uh, a little less than a month, but maybe you can find it. Um, so, and that is, you can pre-order it. Second Chances in Newport Stephen by TJ Alexander. And this one, like you see the cover and you're just delighted because there are both Christmas lights and a palm tree um, and a flamingo wearing a Christmas hat and a crab. Um, and so it takes place in a Florida town. Um, they're also on the beach on the cover. So you're like, what? Um, and the Florida town is Newport Stephen, which is where there are second chances. Um, where Eli has to come back to his hometown. He is trans and he hasn't been back since his transition. Um, he is a little older, so there's always that. And then he runs into his high school ex, who he dated when he was not presenting as a man. Um, and they have to figure out if they're going to be friends, um, if they, like, if they even want to like deal with each other or if they want to maybe pursue something. So it is definitely a holiday story, but the center of it is this sort of emotional redevelopment of Eli when he's stuck in his hometown again and how he wants to move forward with his life. So that's Second Chances in Newport Stephen. I am already excited about that book. So <laughs> I will be one of those people pre-ordering it. Yay. For this one, I will mention a couple of books. The first is one I think I talked about just recently on maybe the last episode of the show, which is It's a Fabulous Life by Kelly Farmer. Brand new, just came out in the last month or so. It is a um, queer present day, It's a Wonderful Life retelling. And I say present mm -hmm. day because when It's a Wonderful Life came out, it was present day, but now we're, yeah. <laughs> we're we're a little past that we're a little past where that was uh and um it is a really lovely small town story i think i mentioned last time that i i love a put upon um sort of small town hero and bailey george which again if you've watched it's wonderful life is sort of a delightful twist is that person um there is a little bit of a magical element in the story it is someday soon, Jess, we should talk about point of view in romance. This one is a, um, I think it's third person, but it's definitely soul POV. So you're only getting mm -hmm. Bailey's 
perspective, which I think makes a real difference. Um, Mm -hmm. And I just find it really delightful. And it's by Kelly Farmer, who we've talked about, we really like on this show a lot. So that is one, um, Kim, that I would very much recommend. Also, I don't know how new, new has to be. Uh, Being Married by Mika James came out, I think, in 2020. Um, And this one is a little bit more of like a quick shot novella romance. So it may not be what you're looking for for the book club, but I would recommend it just in general as like a fun, delightful little romance story. It's the kind of book that you should go and read in a living room where like when like the people in your family or like family of friends uh, are watching a Christmas movie that you think is kind of dumb um, and you don't want to watch it. Like everybody's got one like that they don't really... I'm going to, I'm going to get a lot of mail for this. I'm going to tell you mine. I don't like Charlie Brown Christmas. I think it's dumb. I think it's dumb. <laughs> so if somebody put on Charlie Brown Christmas, I would go read Being Mary by Mika James in another room. Um, it is like a delightful story of a woman named Noelle whose birthday is on Christmas. Um, so she calls it her birthmas and she's super into it. And she goes to stay with a sister of a coworker who is not that interested, who's very grinchy, not that interested in having her there. Um, but it's, and it's like, it's probably a novella. It's probably less than 150, maybe even less than a hundred pages. Uh, but it's again, a bright little like shot of Christmas cheer for when you are trying to avoid other people in your family and you just want to go read. So again, that's Being Married by Mika James. And I have two that I want to mention. I haven't read either of them, but I have heard the screaming across the world about both of them, either on Discord servers or just in general, um, or even in person. I think I think one of them was someone screaming at me about it. Um, but the first <laughs> one is Time to Shine by Rachel Reed, which is not connected to her Game Changer series, but is a hockey romance. And this one is a Christmas time story, um, but it isn't particularly Christmassy. So you would have to sort of decide um, how you feel about that one. But it is about um, a hockey player who moves in with um, a, a grumpy te- teammate and it's very cozy those are that's that's what i know about that one it is sweet and cozy and um does rachel reed proud and then the other one is mistletoe in michigas by ma wardell it's the second book in his series and it um features a um elementary school teacher who gets transferred to a new school around the holidays and the custodian that he meets um, trying to move furniture um, before Thanksgiving or over holiday weekend, over the Thanksgiving holiday weekend. And they um, they aren't very similar, but they, they work together as colleagues and they become friends and it's a romance. So, you know, what happens? Um, mm-hmm. and I, I think that there might be a fake dating element to it too, but I am not completely certain, but it just sounds like a very sweet book and I am excited to pick that one up when I get around to it. <laughs> um, but those two are two that I've heard a lot about, um, that I think I can recommend because I've read both authors before and um, they they don't steer us wrong. Awesome. Well, I think that is what we can do today. And uh, we are very excited to get to everybody else's uh, additional recommendations. And we will. And as we mentioned, if we did not get to yours and you have a sort of time sensitive request, just send us an email. We'll we'll let you know what we're thinking. Um, Mm -hmm. And... Yeah, I think uh, this is the damage we've done for the day. This is what we could do. <laughs> All we could do. Exactly. So uh, we will be back with you with some more recommendations in a couple of weeks. In the meantime, a huge thanks to our audio editor, Caitlin Brame. You can find us, as always, on the When in Romance uh, email, whenandromance at bookriot.com. You can find me on Instagram and Blue Sky at Trisha Haley Brown. Jess? I can never remember all of your places. 
You can find me on X until it dies at Jesse's Reading, all one word, on Instagram forever at Jess underscore is underscore reading and on TikTok as long as I can keep it um, at <laughs> Jess underscore is reading. Oh, and on Blue Sky at Jess's reading, all one word. Awesome. We really, really love being able to talk with all of you about all of these books, and we do consider it a dialogue. So please do let us know if there are um, books that, if there are recommendation requests that you have ideas or suggestions for, especially the ones that we found a little bit challenging. Please send us a note and we will shout them out on the next podcast. Um, Many, many thanks to everyone who made recommendations for our book club episode. We are excited about that too. I don't know, Jess, anything else we want to cover? Nope. As long as you all are reading, happy, happy reading. Thank you.